Welcome, gamers, to Basement Arcade Pause Menu, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill. I'm your host, Ben Magnet, and today on the show, I have a guest whose profession I have not yet had on the show. I have with me an actual indie game developer. He is the creator and developer of the game Dragon Battle, which you can get on Steam at this very moment. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Nick Blake. Nick, how are you, sir? Hey, good, Ben. Thanks for the nice intro. How are you doing? I am doing well, considering I woke up 20 minutes ago. <laughs> that is, This is a horrible curse that I have doing this show. I absolutely love doing this show, but there are so many times where um, it's, and I want, and I actually set the time when I say, when I have guests on the show, and I'm like, hey, let's record around like noon, one o'clock. That's the perfect way to get, make sure my dumb ass is up. Is up, right. And actually yes. ready for the day, because I cannot tell you how many times when I have nothing I need to do, I have slept in until like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh man, that's it, that's living the life, man. It's it's the curse of the night shift. I'm so yeah. You also work, right? You also work. You were saying you work until like five or six in the morning sometimes. Like yeah, uh, yeah. That's and that's the side jobs. That's not the main job either. That's the fun <laughs> stuff. Uh, of course, last night I was up to like four something playing Elden Ring way too late. <laughs> <laughs> As happened. Yeah. Yeah, in our pre-show, we were talking about a little bit about othering, and also you're a full-time dad too, so that's also. Yeah, yeah. So my kids get to well, they don't have Elden Ring; they're mostly like Minecraft and some other you know online games now. But okay. uh, my kids get to play all the fun games. I I just code. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you're and you're on the side playing your mobile game at least. But like at least I have some peace and quiet. Yeah, totally, totally. It's good to uh, 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 calm the mind, like clear the mind out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, you're, you're here to talk about your game Dragon Battle, and I'm de- and we're gonna dive into that because I have questions and I am injured. Like the name Dragon Battle already has like piqued my interest because I'm because side side note, if no one on the show realizes, I am also a huge fantasy nerd and I love dragons. Nice. But um, how did you get into video games and how did you get into coding? Um, well, uh, you know, video games and coding have both been going on all my life, like. You know, as far back, like when I was a little kid and my dad brought home his TRS-80 from his office, um, my brother and I would code in basic on that and stuff. And, um, uh, and, uh, and, and gaming, of course, you know, we all grew up, you know, uh, I grew up in the 80s. So we had like Ataris and then mm-hmm. NES came out, you know, Super Mario was huge and stuff. So that was, uh, and, and they've been sort of parallel all my life. All like my brother and I, uh, <laughs> for years, we would like it just as hobbyists, like, you know, play around with little things or whatever and um, nothing serious. And uh, but always we, we were always driven by this idea of like these games that we grew up loving are really fun, but can be improved. You know, what are ways we can improve these things? How can we make them more interesting? Blah, blah, blah. And so, um, you know, fast forward many, many years <laughs> later, we have kids with my brother and I, have, you know, settled down. Uh, different places in the country with our lives and stuff. And uh, he, in December, 2019, he sent me a Game Boy st- development environment called GB Studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, uh, which is, it's really simple. It's like a drag and drop uh, kind of uh, editor. So you're not actually typing a lot of code, which as a coder, I f- was very frustrating. That's another story for another day. Um, in general, the GB Studio was really, it was a dream to use and it was really easy to start building this uh like a, a game boy rpg like a, a classic rpg style jrpg game like a final fantasy dragon warrior you know um 
kind of game. Um, but with all these little improvements that my brother and I have been talking about for years and years and years now. So, uh, and this game just started pouring out of me. And uh, mm -hmm. after 10 months, um, I needed to refine the combat system. And uh, and so I was like, just for fun, I was like, well, let's just do a, why don't we, I'll just do a loop of dragon battles because that was kind of where I was at with the game right then. And it turned out that just that loop of dragon battles was crazy fun and addictive. And I posted it up on Reddit, you know, an early demo of that back in October, 2020 or something. And people were like, you know, holy crap, this is amazing. Like the play testers were right back that they would spend like six hour sessions digging into the game. And that's just like scratching the surface of it, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I, we knew we had something interesting and different. And, um, and so the, the last two years have just been uh, well, October, 2020, year and a half, I guess. Have been digging in, refining, polishing, making sure I could beat the game with all the different player classes, making the endless, endless, awful hours of debugging. And, um, you know, and just as soon as I thought I would have a fresh build that's like ready, like, oh, yeah, this is ready to go, whatever, I'd send it to one of our playtesters or something. And they would write back within half an hour, like, here are all the problems. Oh, <laughs> like, no. So, uh, you know, so a year and a half of this later, um, uh, we, I was finally able to, we did a little demo of it at a two bit circus event. In, in downtown LA in, mm -hmm. I guess it was September, 2021. Um, and again, people really enjoyed it. I built a bamboo tensegrity sphere and set up the game inside of it and stuff. So it was like, you're entering a dragon cave to play the game and stuff, which was Ooh, really cool. fun. Um, <clears throat> and that, that was the same setup actually that you met me at, at the retro game convention. It was, yeah, a, it was a similar, I built a bamboo sphere with mm -hmm. the game set up in the middle. Um, the only difference is that the two-bit circus event, there were like drapes around it and it was tucked into a corner. So it was really like you were entering this enclosed, you know, space. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so that's that's sort of how the game came about. You know, it's been years of, uh, you know, first stumbling onto the the, the cool new concept of a, an interesting twist on the JRPG, you know, formula um, and coming up with something new and different and then just doubling down and coding the crap out of it and yeah. you know and again that awful awful debugging process um oh one funny anecdote about that was uh in uh, so we we're getting to like october november 2021 this is last winter and um uh, my brother is a he, he's a real professional develop uh, uh, coder not um uh transitioning into games now but he's been doing like web and stuff back in for a long time um and so Git, he got me into Git really hardcore and forced me to use it and stuff. And um, so I had done, the, I, the last Git push I'd done was in April in this game. And so in after six months of debugging or whatever, you know, October, November, I did another push and I did it wrong and it wiped out six months of work. It overwrote everything I had done <laughs> and I lost my mind for about 10 minutes. I was like, what the crap? And then I was able to dig through and find a backup file that had not been pushed. And that was a, uh, and so I was able to just restore that. And it was only one save off of where the most recent thing. So I was able to fix the little thing. But So that was like a heart attack moment that turned around. <laughs> like, oh man, I haven't touched Git for that game ever since. It just... So, for, so for some, a lot of us, uh, myself especially, I'm not very technically inclined. So, what exactly is Git? Is that an acronym or is that like a coding tool? Oh, it's a yeah, it's a coding tool. It's a it's a um, like a command. It's mainly a command line. Um, uh, what's a what's a good way to put it? Um, uh, it's it, it's a way for multiple people to collaborate and work on a single coding project oh. um, and have unique version like you know their own work on their local thing and then git is a it's a net like a peer-to-peer -peer network communication 
oh, system okay. that that connects all the different. So there's like, so it, you end up with these big repositories and everybody has their own little chunks and then you merge it into the main repository. And it's, it's a really helpful, it was built back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, something like in the early days of computing. Okay. But, um, is a is a good analogy maybe like a Google Doc where like you you're in a group project you have this one Google Doc and everyone could like add to it or imagine if everybody if there was like the the central Google Doc which is like the main Google Doc and then everybody had their own little version that they were working on and then you uh, uh, when you push your changes up to the main Google Doc mm -hmm. everybody's going to sit and review all the different changes and okay everything and then it gets merged mm -hmm. into the main document and it becomes part of the core. Oh. So it's a way of like, especially with coding, because coding is such an iterative process of screwing up and making bugs. And, you know, you think you're coding right, but you're doing something really wrong and you don't notice until you run the game and the bugs, you know, blow up in your face. Mm -hmm. And so it it creates a way of before those mistakes get pushed into the main game or whatever. It's a way of like double checking your work and everybody, you know, QAing stuff before it uh, goes live. Yeah. I, I As I said before, I'm not a coder. <laughs> but I've seen memes of coders or memes made by coders where they're trying to look for that one thing, that one bug. That's that one bug. The one oh, bug. Yeah. And it yeah. turns out it was either a semicolon or a space <laughs> yeah. that screwed everything up. And, yeah. they're, and they just. Uh, yeah. Lose yeah, their minds. Yeah. Yeah. The things that co the things that coders do. Um, I salute you. <laughs> that is that is not an easy feat. My gosh. Yeah. So. And all on the surface of making good, all in the service of making good games that are, you know, fun mm -hmm. and playable and that people enjoy. Yeah. So you mentioned um, JRPGs were a big factor in making mm. this game. What JRPG? Because I'm assuming, Final, like you said, Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior, but yeah. any Final Fantasy and um, Dragon Warrior slash Dragon Quest in particular, or is yeah. it just like a giant mishmash? Giant mishmash. And it really, you know, it started with, a. Uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to do stuff way beyond what the Game Boy environment could handle, like build out a huge epic world with like, mm -hmm. um, uh, with like, uh, you know, custom economies in each town and stuff like that and all these different things. And it was, it, yeah, it was just blowing up way too big. And it's not something that uh, I'll be able to rebuild that uh, rebuild that game in Godot and launch you know launch a bigger, less Game Boy <laughs> version of it, <laughs> but still retro. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I would say because it's like a first like a one player, you don't have a you don't have a whole party, so it's more like Dragon Warrior, where you're just mm -hmm. the one the one hero out on a you know epic quest. Okay. And there's no overworld map or anything. It's just a series. It's very simple, like a series of dragon battles with a quick stop in the market in between, like a boss rush. That's what they call it, boss rush, okay. boss rush style. Okay. Yeah. Now, when I was looking over the flyer you gave me and and thinking about this and thinking about this, one question I do have is why Game Boy specifically? Because I know yeah. a lot of indie developers, especially in today's day and age, when you look at indie games, be it uh, Shovel Knight or um, Panzer Paladin or any other like smaller developers, they do go the retro route as in like the 8-bit, 16-bit mm. route, which mm. is, that's totally fine. But yeah. why Game Boy specifically? That's a, that's a great question. And it, that's really just an accident. It was because my brother had sent me uh, GB studio for Christmas a few years ago. Um, uh, it was a, and I found that the limitations that you're forced to code within in that 
in the Game Boy format, like there's uh, 512 variables maximum that you can use, which is a very small number. Um, it, uh, there, uh, there are, you know, the the eight bit graphics, of course, you know, really like trying to keep the game really small. Like right now, the game is way too huge for a number of reasons. <laughs> um, so when I do an actual Game Boy physical cart release, I'm gonna have to like chop the crap out of this game and like really like whittle out all the dead woods. That's just the you know just what needs to be on that cart um so yeah it's just it was really just an accident but a happy accident it's really man it is really fun and for people who aren't professional coders and don't want to go into the professional you know having to worry about it for semicolon kind of route <laughs> gb studio is i highly highly recommend it it's fun it's easy the drag and drop is really very intuitive to get into and because when you're telling me the story of how this game came about, it reminded me of a lot of when um, about the story of how The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening came in, which a bunch of devs hmm. at Nintendo, they got the Dame, the, <clears throat> the Dame Boy. Wow. They, <clears throat> excuse me. My goodness. Can you tell I just woke up? Yeah, right. like, it's all good. They got the Game Boy dev kit and just mm. started messing around with it after hours. It's kind of like mm. how you got this this dev kit, essentially. Yes. And you're just around. like... Yeah, you're like, I was going to mess around and have some fun. And now all of a sudden we have a JRPG in front of us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's how that's how it works, you know, like especially when you're uh, when you're a creative and you're constantly um, you're constantly tinkering, constantly building stuff, constantly, you know, then that's that's exactly how these things happen. You know, you're you're goofing around, you're having a fun time. Then suddenly like, oh, wow, wait, there's something interesting here. How do we, you know, how do we dive into that and make something make a cool game out of this? Yeah. Now you said when this game does come onto a physical car, that was one of the questions I was hoping to ask you. And I believe <laughs> I did ask you back at the expo. Yeah, back now, at the expo. As yeah. of right as of right now, the game is on Steam and you can get this game online for free, correct? Uh so this game is um uh, there's a PC release on Steam. There is mm -hmm. a Game Boy a GB GB file that you can flash mm -hmm. to your flash cart for those okay. who have a uh you know who have like EverDrives or stuff for their Game Boys. Um okay. There is, I have a free to play online version on itch. That's um, okay. That is, it's one step off from the main game. The only thing that's missing, aside from like a bug or two that I caught, was a is a, an autosave feature that the save game has um, mm -hmm. after each successful dragon battle. So, but I wanted to have a, uh, the online, the free online version doesn't have that. You're just in the in the grind. And if you okay. make it great, and if you don't, then you're dying, you start over. Um, but I wanted to have that free version available because I grew up, you know, I grew up poor as dirt. And, uh, <laughs> and never had access to, never had access to all the cool new games and stuff. So, when, you know, like, I remember, like, I would go to the arcade and maybe have like a quarter or two. So I would get one turn on Ninja Turtles, you know, or something Ooh. like that. Um, that Ninja Turtle, like the original Ninja Turtles arcade game, right? It was brutal. It was awesome. Oh, I cannot oh. tell you how many times I went to my local Chuck E. Cheese when it was still alive, and yes. I was beg my and you can only get up to the first boss, which I think was Bebop. Yeah. No, no, yeah. it was Rocksteady. Uh, it was Rocksteady. Rock yeah, the first boss is yeah. Rocksteady, the Rhino. Yeah. For those of you who can't remember. Um, <laughs> And like the original Ninja Turtles arcade game, my brother and I would get to the first boss and we would lose and we and we didn't have any tokens left. So we would ask my dad for more tokens and he would be yep. like, no, you lost. Nope. Yeah, you want to forget yet. You were, we're out of tokens. We're going home. Yep. We're and we're like, what the, no. <laughs> it yes. wasn't until I was an exactly. adult when I found that arcade cabinet at a, at a local um, arcade slash game store 
where uh. finally my me and my one of my best friends we like put five dollars in quarters and we just like <laughs> i was i was leonardo he was Raphael, and we just blazed and we and once we got past that first level i'm sitting there going my god i never made it past this level before and he looks at me yeah. he's like seriously he's like dude we only had a certain amount of tokens back in the day <laughs> that's right that's right we were lucky to have two quarters man yeah that, that nobody neither of you were donatello huh donatello had the awesome like staff move where he could pick up the things and chuck them across the screen and stuff yeah. i guess they I all was, have that don't they i mean this way. is this is going back to the me this is this is partially also why i love fantasy stuff so much but i love so like as much as i love dragons i also love mm. swords Mm-hmm. So, oh uh, yeah, the Leonardo. I, thing. I saw Leonardo and he was dual wielding katanas. I thought that was like oh, yeah. the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So, I agree. Leonardo was always my favorite too. I agree. Yeah. I just um, remember Donatello's staff move from the arcade and how badass it was. That's all. Yeah. But luckily, I do know, I do have a friend and also, friend, he's a friend of the show and also uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Ron the Pharaoh. He also loves Donatello. So, when the Calabunga collection comes out, I'm gonna nice. hit him up, and we also have another guy who is gonna be uh, Raphael. We're just yeah. missing a Michelangelo. Yeah. So then yeah. the four of us can just like just play through Ninja Turtles once the Calabunga collection comes out. Hell yeah! And Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. Oh man, I cannot wait for Shredder's Revenge. Oh man, I had no idea that all these awesome new TMNT games are coming out. Also, talk, talk about a great year for Ninja Turtle video games. My gosh, hmm. the one time hmm. Konami doesn't mess up is in collections, and now we're getting the new. A new 16-bit style beat 'em up featuring the turtles, April O'Neil, and Splinter as playable characters. Oh man! Oh, that's so awesome! I hope it's as hard and as enjoyable as the original, um, you know, as that arcade game because that arcade game was like the NES version just does not compare. It's oh. not as not as tough. It doesn't have the like just that sense when like two dozen bad guys swarm on the screen towards you guys and you're like, oh crap! And yeah, yeah, um, so much I've, fun. Yeah, there have been trailers for it. I know it's coming out late sometime this year. It's the developers are Tribune. That's the same developer that made Panzer Paladin, mm. which I have to say is a pretty challenging uh, Mega Man style side scroller action action game hmm. or actual cool. platformer, which was one of my favorite games of 2020. But I still haven't gotten to the last boss yet because that last level it tests your skill to the to a good. It's it's one of those games match. where it, it doesn't like make me rage quit, but there are times where I miss a jump and I'm just sitting there playing, holding my switch controller, going, "Should have, I should have made that jump." <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Rant about Ninja Turtles aside, uh, Dragon. That was a fun. That that was a fun aside about Ninja Turtles, though. That was oh, one of my hey, favorites. So hey, that's what this show I is all about. That. Hey, Nick, that's what this show is all about. We start tangenting, and we can just keep going and going and going, my friend. Sweet, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So. Let's talk about the fantasy aspect, because yeah. I can only assume that there are a plethora of fantasy novels that in, that inspired you while you were creating Dragon Battle outside of the JRPGs. So, you know, it's interesting because I've read a lot of those those fantasy novels. I was reading a lot as a young teen and stuff like the Dragonlance books and the yeah. uh, um, uh, what's the. Uh, uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, they did another series like Dragonlance that was um, I didn't read those because I was. But- I mean, of course, you were saying you grew up in the 80s. I grew up in the 90s. And my uh, big, and for me, my big dragon series was the Inheritance Cycle by Christopher Pellini, the Aragon books. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. that's uh, that was my, uh, those were my books. And a movie aside, we, we pretend <laughs> that movie doesn't exist. And, yeah, those Aragon books, to me, that was like, 
oh, this is really good. I mean, I do have the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. I do, I and I do have yeah, the of course, of course, right, right, right. But for me, right. but when I when you're a middle schooler, trying to read the Hobbit is really is a little difficult. I know oh, the yeah. Hobbit is meant to be a kids book, but. I read The Hobbit like twice when I was a kid, and I couldn't understand what the heck was going on. <laughs> Just a lot of I long watched, words. And, yeah, I watched yeah. the um, the Ralph Banks. I think it's Banksy or Bank. You know the animated one from the seventies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I that, watched that, that movie. Awesome. Relig- yeah, I love that movie. I watched that yeah. movie religiously because I'm like, oh, this is what's happening. This is what's happening, right? Totally. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. that experience too. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when, one time my mom was like, "How close are you to finish the Hobbit?" I'm like, "There," and she's like, "Okay, cool. Finish it, and then we can do something." And I'm like, oh. <laughs> forcing myself to read the Hobbit, but now I actually can read the Hobbit. And if I could finish a Game of Thrones, like the book, a Game of Thrones, the first one. If yeah. I can finish at least one of those books, I know I can read Tolkien now. Oh, for sure. For sure. And you'll find it much more enjoyable, too. Oh, yeah. Like, definitely. Man, R- George, uh, like R.R. Martin has nothing on Tolkien. God damn. No, um, I mean, he's, a, he's still a good still a good war builder. I'll have to admit that. And we I, talked yeah. about Elden Ring earlier, and he did help oh, with yeah, the story Elden of Elden Ring. So that I was, heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, he, there was a, like a little snippet of an interview that was released where he actually acknowledged his work on Elden Ring. Hmm. Um. I guess the, um, uh, from software and Miyazaki, the director, they came to him and asked him for world building tips. Like, hey, help us with the world building. And he gave mm. them that. Mm. And like every once in a while, they would come to him and ask him about designs for like, say, monsters, maybe a few characters. And he would give the he would give his input. Yep. But his involvement with Elden Ring wasn't as hands on as mm-hmm. we might have think. But there are things in Elden Ring that are definitely like this is a George R. R. Martin trope. <laughs> yeah. Because there is a great sword that you can get very early in the game that looks like it was ripped off the Iron Throne itself. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big ass great sword. It's a colossal sword, yeah. but it's made of a bunch of different other swords attached to it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. If only thing is you can't use it right away because you have to have 40 strength and yeah, crazy skill and strength. Right. Yeah, my character my character is at like level sixty six right now, and my strength is at twenty four. So Holy I still God. have a long way to go until I can use that sword. Man, that's how they. Uh, that's that's why you keep playing though, right? Because you need to level up your character and get it ready for. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's something great about the RPG formula that is really, mm-hmm. really engaging. It makes you want to go in and you know grow and grow. Yeah. Yeah, um, so in terms of uh, in terms of like literary inspiration for something that did happen when. Um, instead of reading fantasy novels and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, after I st- after my brother sent me GB Studio and I started really diving in, I started doing a very serious deep dive into world mythology to mm-hmm. learn more about how like you know goblins and elves and dragons and all of it like where do these things come from and what are the stories and how do they you know what what's the source material? I'm really big into you know research and source material stuff. The um, podcast and- for you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. um, Quick plug for Mythalanius, even though they've been on a hiatus for a very long time. But if you go, if you listen, if you go to the Fake Nerd Podcast website, fakenerdpodcast.com, mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. a website where my co-host Brandon and Sparks and their first season is all about Norse mythology. Oh man, yeah, I would enjoy talking to them. I bet um, the uh, I, I, the Norse stuff was pretty sparse. Most of my um, there was some like lots of Eastern European stuff I had read too, but mm-hmm. which is related to the Norse. You know, it's all right there. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, my sources were, you know, as vast or as different as like, uh, um, oh gosh, I should go dig up my books and find like, all the <laughs> books I'd ordered and stuff. Um, but I'm, you know, lots of like, uh, um, uh, um, uh, 
what's the name? Uh, Bullfinch. Bullfinch's mythology was great. Um, it's classic, you know, 18, 1800, 1865, I think he published that. Um, and really, really thorough examination of world mythology. Um, a ton of like the, you know, Aesop fables books and all those early like, uh, you know, Russian uh, uh, Russian mythology and folklore and um, Hawaiian mythology. Oh man, Hawaiian mythology is so much fun. Holy crap. They, uh, <laughs> oh, pardon my French. <laughs> they, uh, uh, apparently they have, Hawaiian oral tradition is so exhaustive that they have, uh, not only the book of Genesis, basically, with, mm -hmm. within their oral tradition, they have a a a better version, like a more, um, what's the word, uh, more robust, like, uh, instead of just tracking just the male lineage, by the way, you know, they, they do women, the male and female lineages, for example, they have, you know, the stories of uh, Noah, they had the story of uh, Abraham sacrificing his son, they have, like all these, like the rich, you know, Judeo Christian, uh, uh, Christian tradition, it's all there, all there in Hawaiian mythology already, like before the Europeans showed up. It's crazy, nice. crazy, interesting stuff, man. But, Would genealogy be the, be the appropriate term or no? Uh, no, I mean, genealogy is a part of it, but it's really, I was really after the mythology and the stories okay. and the, you know, in Hawaiian uh, myth, the Mo'os, the dragons, the M-O mm -hmm. apostrophe O, mm -hmm. uh, is, is a big thing. The the super powerful, like they're big, they're like a Chinese style, you know, they're like big, powerful beasts that are shapeshifters, that are super wise, that are here for this sort of like mix, like some are good, some are bad. They are, mm -hmm. um, all of which I tried to represent in the game. That's why we have the, um, like I've never, uh, I've, I've never really liked the hack and slash, you know, kill them all to get experience points, and like beat people mm -hmm. up to get experience in their gold and stuff. And that the game is really, uh, like there's a really strong riddle mechanic in the game where mm -hmm. you can outwit the dragons at riddle contests and they'll teach you spells that helps you know that's that's as a spellcaster especially that's how you're going to really fill out your spell book is by learning it from these dragons um and so you know little bits like that i'm trying to incorporate how dragons are represented in like actual mythology and stuff and bring it into uh create a a fun gaming experience that um is more robust and different like like i said like innovating on the classic you know taking the bits of the the core classic formula and then it, it, uh, innovating on it to make it more robust and interesting yeah so instead of actually taking a sword to a dragon like unfortunately what i did in elden ring last night <laughs> you can also do the same um i don't i apologize if i for me bringing all these modern references in because they're, they're they're more stuck in my brain than the uh, than the classic ones say the the elder scrolls route the skyrim route mm. where you get mm. where you meet parthenax on top of the mountain and you can talk to him and if you're a good person you don't kill him because mm. you know he gives you that great quote of what is better to be born good or to overcome your evil nature through great effort mm. and because you know in in, in skyrim dragons just show it. up out of nowhere same in elden ring dragons just like can fly in and you have to fight them but yeah. in, in that particular instance the dragon is like, yo, you can talk to this dragon and be like, yeah. yo, what up? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's the, and as I, as I build out more RPGs and stuff, I'll be doing a lot more of that too. And really like, really focusing on meaningful engagements within the game world where you're not just going in to like kill everything in sight and steal everything. You're in there to like, you know, you're, uh, you're going to learn skills and level up things and do like, you know, um, uh, have conversation, like meaningful conversations and interactions with, NPCs and stuff and monsters and yeah. Yeah. So forgive yeah, once man. again the constant references to a certain fantasy franchise. So it's kind of like when Bilbo and Smog started talking when he first <laughs> goes into the to, exactly. to Erebor. 
exactly. Yeah, like when you exactly. mentioned your riddle mechanic, when I saw when I read the middle mechanic, the blah, the riddle mechanic in the pamphlet you gave in the leaflet you gave me, mm. it instantly made me think of when Bilbo and Gollum started exchanging riddles under hmm. in Misty Mountain. Underneath the right. Yes. Yeah, yes. underneath the mountain. So yeah. and there's also a book I had when I was very little called Dragonology, whereas in that book it, it explains the stories of all these different kinds of dragons. And it's a fictional book, but at the same time you're reading it is like, whoa, this feels real. And mm. in that book, they said how much dragons love riddles, as in they hoard their treasure. But if you can talk to a dragon and, and engage in a battle of wits, then the dragon will earn will give you their respect. And then you yeah. can maybe, yeah. you know, take a few gold pieces here and there for giving them such a witty battle. Yep. 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 Exactly. Exactly. It's really, I think it's really important to, uh, uh, to offer players that that larger, more robust world. That's what we all grew up reading and stuff too. You know, like that, like you were saying, the the Bilbo Golem encounter are that's like a classic, classic moment, right? In uh, for all of us who are doing RPGs and you know uh, reading these fantasy novels and stuff. And so it's important to have game. You know, we need more games that can reflect mm -hmm. those larger game worlds and have more yeah, bigger experiences. Robust, so, robust experiences. So for all the dra so you have ten unique dragons in your yeah. game where yeah. you can go up and f is there an op when you when you go up to a dragon, do you, is there an option to fight and then talk or is there sometimes? How, how no, this is just a this is just straight combat. So this is like just it's just a combat loop. So you're like it the the whole premise <clears> is like the the larger like world building premise of the game is that this is the distant past. And dragons rule the world, and and there are the myriad beings, or elves, dwarves, goblins, you know, all these things living in the world, which you can engage with in the game and the marketplace and stuff. All of which are helpful. The goblins too; they're helpful people. They're not <laughs> not just trying to mug you. Um, they're not just like experience fodder. Exactly, exactly. They they have important you know skills and spells to teach you and stuff. And um, and, uh, and the dragons are the dragon king has. Uh, has turned nasty and bad and okay. and the dragons have become a, a tyrant race that is like you know uh, uh, brutal and you know tyrannizing everybody and so a call goes out for a champion to battle the you know do battle against the dragons and defeat the dragon king and which you can do in a riddle contest too incidentally there's a peaceful ending where if you can oh. outwit the if you can outwit the the dragon king you've unlocked the peaceful ending to the game where he wow. realizes the error of his ways and reforms and you know so you just you just reveal that there's a different ending. There's oh yeah, it's in the I think it's in the pamphlet or it's in the documentation I wrote up too. But you know, it possibly or, was. I might, or might it might be in the Steam it might be in the Steam documentation or something. But maybe because yeah. I didn't read because I read um I read the pixel art I read the different riddles hours of gameplay, hmm. uh, player's guide on Steam and I'm like I didn't know there was a different ending. That's actually really cool. Hmm. And also for it, is there only like the, the like the main ending and then that that secret ending? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Really, I'm keeping this game really simple. The whole idea was to get, you know, once I found this concept and built a game around it, I needed to get the game done and released. This game was not about trying to build out the huge game world. I'll do that in later games and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. This game is really about because we have found something special and fun that is really um, that'll help. It, it'll get get my my first game out. It'll help me get you know figure yeah. out how to how to release games in the future and get better at it and. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the more we start talking about, like you said, there's multiple endings. And I was like, oh my god, how many endings are there? But then I have mm. to reel myself back in. And it's like Ben, it's a Game Boy game. That's right, exactly. Probably exactly. not a lot. <laughs> exactly. Wait until give me give me another uh, you know year or two to really rebuild this in Godot and be able to flesh out the larger game world and have an even more robust, engaging 
you know, encounter mechanics. So it's not just combat, you know, there'll be, I'm, I'm looking forward to looking yeah. forward to building more on this, but outside I'm, of the Game Boy environment. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, but there is one other thing in your, in the pamphlet you gave me that really <laughs> caught my eye and had me thinking is that experience points are given through failure. Oh, through failure. Yeah. Now, yeah, that's a huge can you mechanic. explain that? Cause of course, when I, I have played a decent amount of RPGs in my lifetime, not a lot of them, but a decent amount. And through my pardon the pun experience mm-hmm. is that you get experience by grinding. You fight battles, you go, you, or once again, to bring up Elden Ring constantly, I'm sorry, audience, to bring up Elden <laughs> it's Ring It's all constantly. good. Everybody's talking about Elden Ring right now. That has taken over my life so hard. And like the, <laughs> at the time of this recording, once we're done, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go get Kirby for myself and my girlfriend because that's so that's the one not super depressing thing I could play. I also <laughs> I can play with her because, you yeah. know, Elden Ring is only single player unless you have yeah, yeah. your thing. Yeah. But yeah, but going back to my original point, how how did you cr- come up with this mechanic and how was it used in the game of getting experience right. through your failures? Because yeah. Normally, failure equals game over, right? That's a great, great question, and thanks for bringing that up. Um, so, I first encountered, you know, uh, like most of us, I played a lot of D anD D in like middle school and stuff. And I and wish I played D anD D in middle school. <laughs> oh man! Well, I was lucky enough to have some friends I could play D anD D with in middle school. I guess and, I didn't get into D anD D until much later in my life. It's thanks to Critical Role and thanks to an old roommate of mine. I do mm-hmm. have a character I want to build and play as, but I just don't have people to play with unfortunately oh man oh geez there yeah. you know there's a real opportunity for like online D groups right it seems like uh yeah yeah anyway yeah. another another yeah. another talk Danger for another for, time Danger for another day anyways sorry dude, for another day sorry to get you off the rails there <laughs> no it's all good um uh, uh so i first encountered the failure mechanic uh after a few years of D um i went to my first uh, uh role-playing game convention um super nerdy thing to do at the age of 13 not a good way to get girlfriends but a really fun way to like check out awesome games um we won though yeah it took a long time but we won totally agree um yeah it's funny how like you know all the stuff that was like super nerdy when we were kids is like big deal now right it's like you're super cool if you're doing it now Anyway. I mean, I can walk into public wearing my G- Game Boy Color t-shirt and people will be like, yo, that's a cool shirt. I remember that. Yes, I have a, at the latest fish tour. I got a, this is a fish tour concert, but it was like a retro like Pac-Man style. And so since I'm doing retro games, it was, I had to get it, you know, right. That's awesome. Um, uh, anyway, so we, uh, uh, so at that game convention, I discovered Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the role-playing game. TMNT and other strangeness. It's a palladium system, I think. And uh, which is the palladium system is notorious for experience points based on failure, based on learning. When you learn things in the game world, you don't get experience for, or I think you do get some experience for ki- for like beating things up or killing them or whatever, but you get mm-hmm. double the experience if you do it peacefully, if you resolve the mm-hmm. you know situation peacefully or something. Um, so that, that was an early, you know, I was like, what, 13, 14 or something at the time. So it was a really early introduction to the idea that it doesn't have to be hack and slash. There are other models of leveling up and doing, you know, doing that mechanic and stuff. Um, and so when it came time to again design a JRPG from the ground up, um, that was really huge in our um, 
in our design thinking, my, my brother and I talked about that over and over about how important that was to get failure in there as a core mechanic. And so the way it works in the game is, um, uh, let's say you're a spellcaster and you go in and you cast a spell, you focus two or three times to like really build up your stuff or whatever, you know, uh, build up your spell casting ability and you cast the spell and the spell fails. And normally in the game, this situation, this is really shitty, right? Like you've mm -hmm. just wasted a few turns trying to get the spell ready and now the game, the spells failed and what the crap. You get a ton of experience from that. You get a lot of experience points from that. And it's likely that you will, and it's through repeated failures like this that you gain, and there, we, we put some fun buffs in there for the game, for the players to keep it fun too. So, you know, so you're, you'll be leveling up anyway, but, um, but th this provides a really great mechanic where the player, the player's level like skill level of like your spell casting like uh, and the spell casting level is per individual spell so like your fireball level is spell casting level is whatever whatever it, it will organically level up over time and create ideally a more um uh, what's it, like a uh, a leveled consistent gameplay experience i guess would be the way to phrase it where like you are as you're organically getting more powerful um you're also going to top out you know like when you are at the point where you are like going through and just slashing these dragons to bits, you're not going to be raising a lot of levels because you don't need it. You're already there, right? You don't need you. That's so it stops players from becoming way OP and keeps even at later stages in the game. Um, it's the game is still challenging and fresh and interesting. And the players never, um, although honestly, once you get uh, after you've beaten like your, I think somewhere between 10 and 12 dragons, uh, 10 and 15 dragons, once you're in the, the last you know, home stretch of 10 dragons left or whatever, your players can be pretty powerful <laughs> and really kicking the pants out of these dragons. So you, there's, like, there's a part where you can be super OP, but I, but when you're saying there's like a proper scaling, I want to say yeah. the proper, or like, excuse my, uh, maybe balanced is the proper term. Balanced, to yeah. 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 A more balanced gameplay experience mm -hmm. where, so the, so the end levels are going to be just as, uh, uh, you know, challenging as the early levels. And okay. your player will be like your player will be a lot stronger, but you're also going to be up against much harder dragons too. So yeah, yeah, just just like it, just like in a bunch of other games where you can get OP early, but there's going to be a certain point where you're still going to have to grind again. Yeah. And it's not like where I was a kid and I got when I was playing Pokemon, my brother was able to get all the way to like not just the Elite Four, but caught Mewtwo, the Legendary Birds. Hmm. And I'm over here struggling against Brock with my Charmander. And he's like, oh, here, <laughs> let me just trade you Mewtwo, Zapdos, all these <laughs> powerful Pokemon. And yeah. I walk into Brock's gym thinking I'm going to waste them. But, of course, they're not listening to me because it's like, you ain't got no badges. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I remember I, I sent out Mewtwo against Brock's Onyx and Mewtwo. And, like, the first turn, he just fell asleep. And I'm just sitting there going, how dare you <laughs> of course i was I'm like trying to do battle here yeah of course i was like nine years old so i couldn't didn't understand that uh you had to go out and train and get good right right you just wanted to, it should be there already what the heck yeah 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 pokemon humbled me in a lot of ways and if and also it it, it prepared me for a bunch of the grpgs i would grow to love today yeah i mean even though Pokemon, as a kid, when I was playing Pokemon, I thought JRPGs were lame. I hmm. like Final because I didn't like the turn-based fighting. Yeah. But here I am playing a game that was turn-based fighting, and yeah, I didn't turn -based fighting, I, right? Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't connect the dots, unfortunately. And then Kingdom Hearts entered my life, and then hmm. through Kingdom Hearts, I got into Final Fantasy, and then down hmm. the rabbit hole I go. Yeah, yeah.
and it was the that was the end <laughs> yeah once you get it to final fantasy you're like oh man this this genre is great oh geez. yeah you, you might not it's not very well shown but these are the final fantasy manga right here that i have on, oh, my, nice. on my dresser nice and of course i'm anxiously waiting for final fantasy 16 and hmm. for seven part two hmm. man yeah. so many awesome games coming out holy crap yeah, and then of course Triangle Strategy came out too, and I haven't gotten that one yet, but that's also going to be a, a huge time sink because a lot of tactical RPGs, Fire Emblem, are like that. <laughs> and and I'm sitting there going, I want these games, but I can't just go out and keep buying them if I'm not going to play them. So I'm not going to play them, right? Yeah, so I'm just going to focus on Elden Ring for right now. I'm yep. going to focus on Kirby once I get it because Kirby I could play with my lady. Yep. And then once I finally beat Elden Ring. And if I need to change it up a little bit, I'll probably get triangle strategy or something else. There's a, if, if Kirby is a, a fun game for you guys, you might enjoy this old NES game that I did not discover until we got our Kentaro box a few years ago. And it was on it. It's called snow bros. S N O W B R O S. That's never, so funny. never heard of it before. I guess it was a really good arcade game that had an NES port. Um, my, my, let's see, my daughter was, four or five when she discovered it and we all started playing as a it's a great two-player game it's fun it's light it's like a it's a little more simplified than bubble bobble in some ways mm -hmm. um, bubble bobble also another <laughs> great yeah. classic choice for two oh, you know, yeah. two-player fun but anyway snow bros was like it was one of those strange games i'd never heard of before that turned out to be like a family hit that we've played a lot over the past few years you know what i think i've heard of snow bros like i I know I've heard that game somewhere. I don't know if I've mm, ever played mm, it, but mm. it's one of those games that you just hear about in like retro circles and just like you're at the arcade and you're like, oh yeah, Snow Bros. I'm like, oh yeah, mm. Snow Bros. Because when you say Snow Bros, my brain goes to Ice Climbers, but I'm like, no, it's not Ice Climbers. That's yeah, yeah, that's something yeah. completely different. Hmm. Ooh. What's Ice Climbers? Oh, that's a an NES game. It's okay. um, it's a it's one of the classic NES games. It's where you're. I I want to say it is also two player because you have a blue one and a pink one. And your goal is to climb up this giant mountain to get an eggplant. Of course. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. Um, I've never played the NES game, but it is on the NES Classic Edition. And I want to say it's also on the NES um, app for the Nintendo Switch. I hmm. could be wrong. Hmm. But I just knew about Ice Clambers because they showed up in Smash Bros. one day. And I'm like, who are <laughs> these guys? Oh, Ice Clambers. And then I... Oh, you're that game. Yeah. Then I find the game. I'm like, oh, this is where the Ice Clambers are from. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. That's uh, that, that had triggered another thought, but I don't remember what it was. It'll come back to me. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So hmm. there's something else I was gonna say. Oh yeah. So you have one, two, three, four. So you have about like four different character or like archetype player classes archetypes or player classes. How yep. did you come up with those? And because some of them are are like yeah, you know, you're a knight, you're a wizard, but also the you have the Ryukyu. Um. You have a Ryuku or a Karate Apprentice, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And also a Surf. Um, yeah. What is Surf? Oh, S-E-R-F, by the way, yeah. not, uh, not S-E-R-F. <laughs> it's just a peasant. Um, okay. yeah, I was looking, um, I used Surf because I only had six characters for each thing name. That's why uh, like the Karate guys are Ryukyu because it's six mm -hmm. characters. And that's where oh, Karate yeah. comes from, the island of Ryukyu. And um, 
uh, and uh, the surf was a uh, fighter, fighter, F-I-G-H-T-E-R, seven letters. <laughs> so oh. I mean, and I went through like warrior, like, blah, blah, like, what am I going to call this thing? And so instead of just having like a generic foot soldier fighter, I just called him a surf. And the, oh, the idea is that you grew up poor and then the dragons come and destroy your family and you're adopted by either the goblins, the elves or the dwarves. And so you get, as a, as a surf fighter guy, you start off with one of the weapons from one of those uh, from from one of those races that adopted you, so it's a yeah. way of giving a of creating a fighter class, but also giving it a little bit of a backstory and and okay. giving it a reason to because that need that character needed a magic buff, you know, magic weapon or something to help <laughs> help with the oncoming uh, uh, dragon combats. But yeah, you do uh, love that uh, Game Boy character limit, though. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, right. Um, there was supposed to be a uh, and the game it, again. I'm really big on the peaceful components of these games and um so there's the cleric was supposed to be one of the classes um but i decided really early on that a dragon combat game where you go in as a cleric that is not going to have combat at all and is going to like peacefully appease these dragons that's not it didn't seem like it really fit in with the larger theme of you know the tyrant dragon you have to beat him up and stuff you know get rid that's of like deposing <laughs> yeah totally well again you know future games man it's it's yeah. thoughts for it's this will all be in future games so so the idea was to have the uh to to recreate the basic character classes right the fighter mm -hmm. the thief the uh, uh the wizard the cleric um i guess those are am i, am I missing those are the basic character classes right from final yep, fantasy you, and stuff yep those you got fighter thief black mage white mage um but of course here i, I assume the wizard can do right. both schools of magic um, um yeah there's not there's not really white magic i guess the cleric would do that um instead there's like healing potions and stuff to help yeah. out with that but yeah which but, one's your favorite yeah. to play as if you don't oh, mind man. asking oh, that's a good question um none of them because i'm so burned <laughs> out of the game after playtesting for um well they're all you know they're all different like the the fighter is you know you're going to be going you, the fighter is basically the same script you're going to go in and focus up a bunch and then attack and focus up a bunch then attack that's basically what the fighter is going to do and the knight too um um you know this i think the wizard is more fun in many ways because you can uh, because there's there are all the different spells that you can get, and there's you know there's the whole riddle aspect of learning the spells from the dragons and stuff. And, um, uh, and at the but the Ryukyu, the the karate apprentice, is really that's a really fun one too. Because you're really just there's no weapons. You're not going to have weapons. Um, <clears throat> you're just going to be going in punching and kicking and <laughs> casting invisibility spells to help. Uh, you know, because the the karate guy, I gave him some minor spell casting ability. So that he just because the character needed a little help, you know, and yeah. it seemed appropriate. That's what you know, like the the stealthy, you know, the stealthy fighter, uh, uh, karate guy can cast invisibility and s slip around and stuff, you know. Um, so, uh, so that, that's kind of where it came from. I want to take the 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 standard again, the JRPG tropes that everybody in the D and D char character classes that people would really recognize and relate to, and give them a fun you know, uh, a new life in this. Uh, you know, the, the original Final Fantasy, or what's the Final Fantasy 2 introduced? They had the, the Black Belt. Yeah, that was the Final Fantasy 1. They had the Final Fighter. Fantasy 1. The, yeah. The, bla the Black Belt. Who yeah, the Black end. Belt, who became like the, the master or something after you get after you get that, that thing from Bahamut. Right, right, right. Yes, when they all buff up to their adult yeah. forms or whatever. Yes. That's right. <laughs> or they'll go so, Super Saiyan. <laughs> or what's that? Or they when they all go Super Saiyan. Yeah, yeah.
super cyan yes yeah they yeah. do don't they <laughs> they all go blue huh. yeah um i had something yeah because when you were talking about how there's a fighter my brain just went into like oh question can you name your characters in this game or is it just uh, like, not this one not okay because i was gonna i was just thinking of like this dude because you have a knight you have a wizard they're all armored up they have weapons they have magic spells and you have this one dude in a gi with fists and he goes and he's looking at like a five-story tall dragon goes i'm gonna punch it i'm that's right i'm gonna take it out <laughs> i'm gonna punch it I, you know what, it's like you know what that that dragon has is like what a fighting geschist what's that a face in need of punching i'm gonna punch it <laughs> That's a real what's word, BT Dubs. <laughs> what's that German word? Gefeitenefischt. Um, um, Gefeitenefischt. Actually, it's not German. It's English. Funny enough. Gefeiten. I, I got off a of John. I got off a of John Oliver sketch, and that actually is okay. a word that the definition is a face in need of punching. Mm. Oh man, that is a powerful word. Yeah. Don't ask me how to spell it though, because I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask John Oliver. It's all good. Yeah, but um, oh man. So I'm sure it's. it's I, I was gonna ask you something shoot i was gonna ask you something uh da, da, da. oh yeah um going off from like the battle mechanics and stuff the mm. art style mm. um there's 20 oh there's 10 unique dragons here were did you the were you the one who drew up the art for the dragons or did someone I, else take care of that? I, I drew i drew one of them i drew the the feathered okay. serpent um the other ones uh i'm i'm really not the best artist in the world <laughs> um the i there's a collection of dragons up on open game art mm-hmm where most of the core dragon art comes from that uh, it was some retro dragons and like, you know, full color or whatever. So I had to take them and into, uh, into GIMP and convert them into, you know, art, like tastefully convert them into four color, like a, um, you know, the, the four color Game Boy palette mm -hmm. um, uh, and shrink them down to get them to be the right size and do some. And then there's a lot of animating and stuff that I did for them too. So I would take the you know, chop out little bits of pixels and mm -hmm. do all the, you know, uh, um, uh, create the sprites to animate them and stuff and so it, the but the core art came from uh, this really amazing dragon uh dragon pack on open game art okay I mean, open hey, game I'm... art is a great resource for other developers if you're in need of assets and stuff for prototyping especially open game art is amazing devs take note devs take um, note. yeah actually it's going back to what the graphics look like in this in the game now once mm -hmm. again it's a game boy game so you have a lot, there's a lot of limitations to it. You have a lot of limitations. Yeah, but yeah. you, but you did, but you answered one of my questions, which I was going to ask you, which is that you, there's a four color Game Boy palette. So you're sticking to the original colors of the Game Boy. My yeah. new question to you is given the chance, can you, are you thinking, are you thinking about releasing Dragon Battles, say, in the style of Game Boy, in a Game Boy color? So there is, color, or are you going to just mm -hmm. like keep it for the original Game Boy? uh well for dragon battle 2 um that is a that's a great question and one that i don't have an answer to right now uh okay. currently i'm in active development of a um uh, my um God, my brother and i built a like a tetris clone kind of and then we're, we're in the middle of a multiplayer online tank battle game with like zombie invasions and stuff Ooh. and then there's a I've, uh, like a month ago i got really inspired to uh, i really wanted to build rebuild pac-man um, mm -hmm. but it's still under copyright and really like if Pac-Man's a, you know, and it's, it's, it, I didn't want to just remake a game anyway. So I was thinking to myself, how am I going to innovate on Pac-Man? How could I take an art, like, like classic arcade game? And so the, for the past three weeks, I've been uh, coding the crap out of uh, 
this like dungeon, I call it Dungeon Maze Explorer game, where mm -hmm. you are, it's so it's like a mashup of like, again, very basic RPG concepts and Pac-Man. So you, you're running around this little like Pac-Man type place and there are this, I've built out this little game world with not just ghosts, but all kinds of different um, things. Some of them will teach you spells. Some of them will, you know, you'll recognize a lot of this, right? But it's all in an arcade format. There's no mm -hmm. conversations. There's no, you know, it, you're running around and it's a constant engagement kind of thing and collecting mana and mushrooms and stuff. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's still, there's probably another month before I'm ready to really demo it and stuff. But um but so that that's sort of what I'm working on now. There's um, definitely uh, I'm doing a lot of work and study in Godot, a, plat mm -hmm. a coding platform, um, a game engine, which is tremendously fun to code in and build games in. So um, so I'm anticipating that once this once my brother and I have another game or two out, which we're anticipating doing this year, um, I'll be in a good position and know Godot well enough that I could really dive in, rebuild Dragon Battle, for, get ready, get it ready for Dragon Battle Two, mm -hmm. um, which would again be, I'll be able to do more of the advanced stuff that I wanted to do with the original Game Boy, but couldn't because of the limitations. Right. Um, and uh, and and that'll be an interesting time to figure out. Um, uh, a part, one of the reasons that I moved to Godot from GB Studio is just because. Uh, the the latest iterations of GB Studio don't they aren't totally stable, mm -hmm. and they're they're not and you're not going to be able to make game like I found the debugging process in GB Studio to be a hell on earth. <laughs> um, <laughs> no no offense meant to GB Studio. I love that you know, it's a great great little platform. It's a wonderful wonderful tool for building you know little GB games, but if you're going to debug a serious RPG with yeah, I, I'll do a video sometime where I dig into the all the mechanics and how like the all the swapping I have to do to get through the battle mm -hmm. script because it, it was way too memory intensive for the <laughs> for the Game Boy to handle. Um, so I had to do a lot of hacks to make it work, um, which meant a lot, a lot of debugging, a lot more debugging that had to be done. So, um, so I'm sort of I'm sort of at a standstill. Uh, um, I mean, I have a, my friend sent me a G Game Boy development kit too. So I may dig into that for a, a, the, like a Dragon Battle 2 Game Boy Color version. I love the idea of a GBC version. Now that I have a Game Boy game out, it'd be really fun to do a, a colorized version that's a little bit more in depth, you know, and I could push it a little bit more. It'd be fun to get back to the overworld map so you can like run around and have meaningful encounters with different towns and stuff. And, more opportunities to fail skill checks. I love opportunities for failed skill checks and gaining experience. Um, yeah, yeah. Take a lot of what we did right with this game and just build it out a little bit more. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because when it, a lot of Game Boy games, now this might my memory might be uh, might be betraying me here, but like you mm -hmm. go you look at games like um, Link Link's Awakening being the prime example and maybe mm -hmm. the only example because it came out in the original Game Boy. And then it came out again on the Game Boy Color as getting DX with a new dungeon. Yeah. And it's like, hey, there's a color yeah. dungeon in here that was on the original. But then, of course, the original is still widely beloved. So I was just curious if yeah. you were if that ever crossed your mind. It's like, hey, here's Dragon Battle Director's Cut or Dragon Battle The Lost mm. Dragon or something mm. that had that cut mm. that could possibly have maybe an extra dragon or something. I, I don't know. Well, I'm not a game dev. I don't know what goes into that. <laughs> You are, I have to say that you are 100% correct. There are dragons that were put in this original version that we had to drop one of them for mm -hmm. licensing reasons oh. um, because we, we couldn't, I can't say any more about that, but because okay. we're hoping to be able to 
make that deal work for the Dragon Battle 2. We're trying to prove Dragon Battle 1 and prove the concept works so that we can, those conversations will turn around for Dragon Battle 2, um, which will add an extra level of awesome to the game. Um, but I, I do, I think that's a great idea in general. And, uh, you know, we have, again, I have all the core code. It's all lying around. I can easily mm -hmm. port it and build off of it. Well, it's not really, no, I can't port and it can't easily do the current one. It needs to be rebuilt. Okay. It needs, but that's okay. That's not, that's how the, uh, you know, Richard Gar uh, Richard Garriott, right? The Ultima series mm -hmm. founder. Mm -hmm. That uh, My brother sent me a great article of his recently where he talked about his design, game design process because the Richard Garriott is, or Sir Richard Garriott now, is 100% Ultima. That's all he does. He does not do anything else. He, he rebuilt, he built Ultima something like 27 times before Ultima 1, before the first game came out because he started when he was in middle school or something and just kept iterating and iterating. And it wasn't until his early 20s or something when he finally released Ultima, the original version. Um, and that and that's all he's done ever since is take Ultima and rebuild it every time, rebuild it from scratch. You, you don't, they don't use any of the code from the previous games. They're always experimenting, pushing new platforms, trying. So that's, that's definitely a, that's a model that we are, let's say, inspired by. And there will okay. be, so we'll be, when I rebuild Dragon Battle from scratch, which is not a, honestly not that big a deal in an easier development environment it'll be a much easier game to code it'll be a lot less reduplication that i had to do for the first one Whew. um yeah so yeah 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 we i i'm um, confident that we can expect more expanded versions of this game coming right so you said you're building games with your brother right now um to put color into dragon battle do you have to like redo the whole code or like what how hard is it to add color to a game boy game well because I can't imagine it's not like taking a giant coloring book and or a coloring book style software and just coloring it in bit by bit. I assume um, that that's not the case. I think I think it might be. I think oh. it might be. I think it might just need a graphic refresh where you just simple. Can it really be that simple? I haven't done it yet, so I don't know. I'll, yeah, I'll tell like you what. That, I feel like that's the time when the X Files theme song starts to like do 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 do. Um, when I rebuild it for Game Boy Color, I'll let you know. Okay. I'll there we go. That's a great question to follow up with next time. All right. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like we're winding down here, but there is one more thing I want to ask you. Sure. We talked, we briefly brushed over a physical version. I know we talked about this when we met at SoCal mm. Gaming Expo. Mm -hmm. Now, can you explain to those who, because of course, in today's day and age, especially with a lot of us, I mean, I'm team physical, but of course, if I can only get a game digitally, that's fine. I'll just, if, as long the way I see it, as long as I can play said game, I can play yep. said game. Yep. But there are maybe some people out there who do not know the process of getting a physical cartridge, especially for Ooh, indie yeah. games. Yeah. I can only imagine that's another hurdle. So as it an is. indie game developer yourself, yep. explain the process of what it has to of what it takes to get yes. said physical cartridge out in the world, especially yes. now for a system that's long past its prime. That's yeah, that's like 25 years old. old. <laughs> that's a 25 years old and B has been discontinued for God knows how long. Mm. So mm -hmm. what will it well, take to get the, a physical copy of Dragon Battle? The good news, the good news is that it's, it's actually not that there's a huge community huge mm -hmm. community there's a you know a few thousand people probably around the world who are actively building game boy games and releasing them nowadays which is a, a astonishing number given that like you said the platform is discontinued and it's you know it's many decades old now um uh, so i was 
something that I discovered at the retro uh, SoCal event was that the retro game SoCal event um, was that I really should have had physical carts there. I had so many people come up to the booth to say, if you had physical carts, they'd be flying out of here. Like we would oh, all yeah. be buying them. Like, like if you, oh, really? I would be one of those people. Like if you, if there are physical cart there, I would have been like, take my money. Here you go. And I think I had like, when I first started talking to you, I think I had like $20 left in my wallet. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that that was an important lesson for me. Uh, the reason there's a PC version of Dragon Battle um, is because when I sh did, showed it at the Two Bit Circus event uh, last October, um, everybody who came by the booth was like, "There was uh, out of the few hundred people who saw it that night, one person was like, oh, awesome! It's gonna be on Game Boy. I love like I'll put it on my my Game Boy.' Yes, everybody else was like, "When is the PC version of this coming out?" So when I released the game, I made sure there was a you know I figured out how to code a PC version on my Macintosh, and build and get a stable you know version built, um, and released it on Steam because that's what everybody had asked for. And then when I went to the retro event, everybody was like, "So this needs to be on a physical cart. Why isn't this on a physical cart?" And I was like, "Well, so that's my next hurdle, which I've since researched and." Um, uh, uh, it will like it, it to uh, it uh, for like a hundred bucks. I'll be able to get the the retro flasher thing that plugs the mm -hmm. um. It's like a board that plugs into my that would plug into my computer, um. And then uh, another like uh, twenty thirty bucks or something for a blank physical cart that I plug mm -hmm. into it. Flash that use their software to you know burn it onto the cart and then slap my own label on the cart and boom, Dragon Battle game. There and you that, go. It, not not that hard. Not that hard. The the hardest part for me, the most time consuming part, um, aside from making sure that I can use the flashing program on my Mac and getting parallels booted up properly so I have Windows running, um, uh, the hardest part is going to be taking the Dragon Battle game, stripping out, going through and deleting all the extra crap that's in there, <laughs> so I can get the file size down to small enough that it will fit on <laughs> one of those carts. And uh, and so, but yeah, so I'm expecting. There's a another a retro game event in September, I believe, mm -hmm. and I'm anticipating having uh, maybe a dozen carts there that I can at least be able to start selling, and then have a pre-order form for um, not only the carts but for uh, like the full. Uh, by Christmas of this year, it would be really nice to have a full boxed release with the. There's an extensive player's manual that's up on Steam that. It should be printed and bound and you know put in there too because that would be very helpful for people um so i'm hoping to and i'll do a i'll do a pre-order for that and go around to the 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 uh um see if we can get some like wholesaler uh, you know get some wholesale orders from some of the bigger indie distributors who are there because there were a ton of indie shops there right oh, yeah. at the last event so i, oh, I think yeah. that would be if i can get a good you know pre-sale like i'll i'll have like you know a handful that i can hopefully sell um and and but have the real the presale will be the exciting thing and get presale ready for Christmas so that we can get these boxes in people's hands for the holidays, you know. I mean, I would love to have a box of Dragon Battle on my shelf and to be able to plug that in to plug that game into the, into this little beauty and start yeah, playing boy. the game. Yeah, is that a GB micro? What is that? Oh, it's my GBA ASP. I uh I had it shell modded to look like a Super Famicom. Oh, nice. Oh, it's so cute. I love it. Yeah. So like the, it's got the different color buttons that has the logo here and also the, yeah, all the colors. Yeah, are. Yeah. Cause that plays, that, as, say that again. That, that play, that plays color games too. Yeah. GBC as well. Oh, yeah. GB? Uh, GB, uh, GBAs play everything. Everything. Nice. Game Boy. If there's a Game Boy attached to it, it plays it. Oh yeah. That's yeah. I wrote a awesome. article. Yeah. I wrote an article about this uh, version on go Nintendo that just came out uh, this week 
but at the time of this, but when this episode is up, more stuff will be added to that site. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that device. But anyways, just the fact that there is a Dragon Battle physical version that is coming, that it warms my heart. And also, I just love how um, indie developers are still making these games for these, these systems. Retro games. Is that awesome? Yeah. It, 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 I'm trying to put my words right here because when I get excited, I start losing my words. I start mumbling and, and tripping over myself. It's all good. But it means that the medium isn't dead. Like oh, yeah. the, the art form is still alive and well. Mm-hmm. And that people are like, I mean, you might have to dig a little bit to find them. But people are like, yeah, I can. I'm still making a Justice game. Like, you can plug this cartridge mm-hmm. that's made in like mm-hmm. 2022 or 2021. Mm-hmm. Plug it into your Sega, Sega and it'll yeah, play just plug fine. Plug it into Sega, it'll turn on and it will work. Yep. yep. Or like with Dragon Battle, I can plug it into my Game Boy or Game Boy Advance yep. and it'll turn on and it'll work. Yep. And also the yep. fact that your game is still, even though people like me who love physical media and love having these physical things on our shelf, we can still have ways to play it. I can possibly download this game on steam it's it's a yep. game boy game so i'm pretty sure my pc can run it. it's a it's oh, not the yeah. powerful pc in the world but i'm pretty sure it could run a game boy game right yeah it, it should it, it ran it's so far i've heard nothing but positive feedback about it so like it's i'm it just like that it's running and it's working properly so mm-hmm. which is a miracle since i built it on parallels in my mac <laughs> <laughs> i mean we're recording this through my mac as well so because I keep hearing uh, so many people, especially those who are into PC gaming, and they keep talking about how, you know, PC masters, blah, 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 blah. and they keep talking about like, oh, the only thing a Mac is good for for gaming is using it as my mouse pad. <laughs> yeah, right. They don't know. The truth is that the Mac is a pretty badass machine. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I do use a lot of Apple products personally, but mostly it's just out of convenience. And also I find it easier to use and once again, I'm not a big coder, so it's like someone throws lines of code at me. I go, uh, what? <laughs> Hell, even back in the MySpace days, because people attribute, looking back, MySpace was an amazing tool mm-hmm. because it taught so many kids how to early HTML coding. You go to a regular, you go back into the heyday page. of MySpace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go back into the heyday of MySpace and you look at some profiles, like you have some some person's profile was all glittery some had like a band uh cover art in the background there was mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. much stuff on those myspace pages some people's and, pages would take like five minutes to load because they would use huge graphics and not realize oh that God. it was <laughs> and then but then of course there's like so much other stuff it's like oh yeah here's my music playlist here's that it's like yeah. the second you go to my myspace page you can hear my favorite song at the moment and it's like they were myspace was teaching kids how to code mm-hmm and That's I right. feel like right. we're we're only realizing that now because, of course, mm-hmm. back in the day, one of the big name things on MySpace was like, "Oh, predators are taking over." Which, yeah, that's bad. And <laughs> there was that too, but unfortunately, that was the conversation in my house most of the time. Hmm. But then it's like looking back, it's like, man, MySpace was teaching kids how to code, and that's mm-hmm. really good. And I wish I did that more because I had to. When my parents finally relented and allowed me to get in MySpace, hmm. I had to get one of my friends over to show me how to do the HTML code, code yep. so I can have yep. a bunch of Harley Davidson logos on my background. Nice. Nice. Good logo choice. Yeah. I, 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 I rode one in high school too. So that, that was the oh, reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I, I, I got lucky. <laughs> yeah. And I also, I got good grades. My dad loves me very much. Oh, good. Good dad. Good dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah that had triggered something else that, 
another another thought. Hmm. I don't know. Oh well, whatever. I'll remember yeah. it next time. You know what? Next time. Well, anyways, Nick, thank you so much for coming on and talking about Dragon Battle with me. It has been oh, a thanks for having me. Last. Yeah, it's been fun. Oh yeah. So obviously we're gonna have you back on once Dragon Battle Two and your other games come out. Just <laughs> letting you know that. Just like send me an email. You have my email. Be like, yo. So remember that new game I told you about? It's almost done. I'm like, cool. Let's get out. Like, send me a thing. Let's talk about it. Hell yeah. Sounds good. Sorry. And also, I will be sitting here waiting for the physical release of Dragon Battle because I cannot wait. And now I'm gonna, I'm gonna be playing that once I get it. If Sweet, I ever man. get a physical copy in my hands, it will go to my Game Boy and I will start playing it. Sweet. I. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna mm-hmm. say. Just as a last note at the end, um, because I didn't, you know, as, as much as like I've been coding as a hobby since uh, since I was a kid and stuff. I was never a professional coder, and mm-hmm. in fact, you know, for years, like I was working on music stuff for a while, and would always hire developers to build out the things that I saw that I needed, you know. And uh, and it really wasn't. It was the introduction of GB Studio when my brother sent that to me. That's when coding really clicked with me for the first time. Nice. Uh, after like years and years and years of struggling, struggling because coding is hard, right? Yeah. Um, but GB Studio makes it really easy and fun and intuitive and gets you into the process of away from the lines of code and more into a more manageable thing. So you can really focus on the larger game, you know, and the the beauty, the the art, and the interactions and all the fun stuff, you know. Um, without having and so and there's nothing nothing as fun as working your butt off on a game and then loading it into your own game boy and playing it that is fun as heck so i would strongly strongly recommend to you if you have the chance you know in your abundant spare time at six in the morning when you've done all your other work and you don't want to sleep you want to program a game boy game instead grab grab yourself a copy of gb studio and start coding because or, you know you start just building and playing with it because it is really fun and intuitive and it doesn't you don't need to be a hardcore coder you don't have, need to do lines of code um and you can end up you can build your own game boy games which is even if you don't want to do it professionally it's just for your own pleasure or whatever it's still fun it's really really fun so Still, that will be cool to say, hey, I made a Game Boy game. <laughs> that too. Because I have been collecting in in the in, uh, the games I've been hunting for when I go to retro game, when I go to uh, conventions or even retro game stores, I mm. do take a good long look at the Game Boy games. Mm. Mostly because that's A, what I can afford, well, not just what I can afford, because mm. let's be real, if I, ever, if I were to ever find a, a loose copy of the original Shantae for the Game Boy Color, that sucker is a bank account drainer. That thing was like, is like mm. $100 right there. Really? But huh. yeah, that it's a hard. It's the last. It's the last printed Game Boy game that came out because it came out after the GBA came out. Or oh, Game Boy okay. Color game. Okay. And okay. of course, but luckily now you can get it on Switch. There, there are ways to download the game digitally. Yeah, now. Shantae got booted for Switch. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Okay. So, woo! But that original cart though, you have to be dropping mm. the big bucks. But also, mm. I've been getting a lot of Game Boy games because they're small, and yeah. I don't have a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, do you have an EverDrive, a flasher? I do not. I sh- probably should, maybe invest in an EverDrive someday, but I am. I would say, I'm picky. That that's mm. really it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a me problem because I'm very picky it's not a problem. when it comes Pickiness to. Pickiness is a good things. thing. And mm. I love having the original. I mean, if it's repro and I test it and it works, and then sure. But I like having the original article. I like having the genuine article. Mm. But I do see the lore of EverDrives. I'm not like anti-EverDrive, but also I'm more cautious because there have been I've been burned a few times in the past. Hmm. LimeWire, I think LimeWire. Hmm. I think LimeWire gave me PTSD because really? well, when I see things for EverDrives, 
I mean, I know they work, but at the same time, I'm like, but what if I get the one that doesn't work? What What do you mean? What How did LimeWire give you PTSD? Oh, you know, you just like, you get, you think there's a song on there. Cool. Like you get the song you put on your computer. Next thing you know, your computer is a bunch of viruses and it doesn't work. Oh yeah. 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 It's like, I'm trying to listen to that one song. Why can't I not listen to the one song? And the line wire just goes, lol, XD, bye. <laughs> blue screen of death. Well, I guess that's yeah, essentially blue screen of death. So yeah. 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 yeah that's funny. Was, I, yeah. Napster didn't have that problem. <laughs> Nope, Napster did not. But also back then, back in the day, I was very computer. I was savvy, but not savvy. I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is how you do the thing to, work, to make it work." And then when it doesn't work, you freak out. You freak out, right? Yeah. But I mean, I might get an EverDrive someday because you know, having an EverDrive with all the entire library of every Game Boy game ever made, it just sounds like nice. It sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. the The only downside I found to it is that it drains my battery on my GB Pocket, and like I get. <sighs> I can do like one or two playthroughs play sessions on a on the EverDrive. Whereas with a cart, you know, you could play hours and hours and it's not a problem. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But also I find and also this is another me thing. I find it more impressive when I see a video game library that's like a bunch of physical stuff. Like, mm. oh yeah, I can pick that game off said shelf instead of like flipping through a list. Right, right. Scrolling, especially on a Game Boy screen, scrolling through the list of like yeah. games that are yeah. So if you have an EverDrive cartridge and you want to play Metroid Fusion, you have to push down that that down button all the way to the M's, and you're just sitting there going, <laughs> "Exactly, yeah. where am I at the C's? Okay, I got a few more seconds. Okay, there we go. It's like, or you go, damn it, I overshot. Now I'm at the T's. I shot it. Uh, it's yeah. like, Ugh. yeah. But yeah. Anyways, Nick, thank that. you again so much for coming. Yeah, Ben, on. this was great. Thanks for having me. So where can people find the game exactly? Um, so again, uh, Dragon Battle is available on Steam for the PC version. The Game Boy ROM version is available on itch.io, and uh, as well as the free-to-play online that anybody can in the world can play is also on itch.io. Nice. And uh, and of course, I, I assume we'll just have to keep our, a weather eye out on Steam and um, and that and that .io site for more games by you. I assume. I for now. For now, yeah, the uh, you know the uh, our our marketing system isn't you know fully operational yet. I would say right now we're in the early stages of like we're having a lot of fun building games, releasing them, and figuring out what that process is like. How to get stuff up on a Steam store is its own piece of work, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and not to mention that you know cost is like a hundred bucks per game you submit to it. So oh lord, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why like it's costing. I mean, hundred bucks generally is now you know nowadays is nothing, but it's still a lot. Like as an yeah. indie developer, I had to save for a while to you know yeah. put money aside to wait until I knew that there were people actually wanted it <laughs> before I would you know invest in it and stuff. Same thing with the, the Game Boy carts. Like to produce a dozen carts, it's going to cost mm -hmm. two, three hundred bucks maybe for all the materials and supplies, mm -hmm. and that's you know so well. Baby steps, baby steps. Baby, baby steps. And I remember the question I was going to ask you of like 20 minutes mm. ago and I forgot. So whoever watches this and they decide to get Dragon Battle on Steam, do mm. you have any beginner tips for said player? Oh, man, great question. Um, yeah, focus. Focus is your friend. If you're having trouble hitting dragons or casting spells or something, focus, focus, focus. You're going to lose a turn and the dragon's going to have a chance to attack you and stuff like that, but... Gen you are going to have a much easier, more fun gaming experience if you use the focus thing and 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 power yourself up in the combat. All right, I'll keep, I'll keep that in mind. All right, buddy. Hey, Ben, right. thanks again. This is really great.
Of course. And now, and so once again, Dragon Battle, it's on Steam. It is on itch.io. Itch.io. Itch that's the thing. <laughs> it's on itch.io. Don't worry. I have the pamphlet, so I'll make sure both of the links to, to the Steam and to the, and to the itch.io. They're going to be down in the description. So once again, Nick, thank you so much. Cannot wait to talk to you about that next about that your new game. And for now, unpause. <laughs>